0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the We Mobility podcast series. I'm here with Gideon and uh, very excited to talk about this field of mobility that he and his company are working in. So Gideon, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, maybe to start out with, introduce yourself to the listeners and the viewers, introduce your company, what you guys are doing. And then let's, right after that, let's dive into the details here and how we together... From your perspective, see the mobility changing and reimagined going forward?
1: Thank you, Stefan. It's a pleasure to be here today with you. Um, my name is Gideon Kedem. I'm uh, the head of automotive business at uh, Vales Semiconductor. Vales is an Israeli company based in Hod Sharon, Israel, uh, a little bit more than 250 uh, employees, uh, focusing on high speed, high bandwidth wired connectivity. We have two business units in Valence. Uh, one is focusing on audio video. Uh, the second is on uh, autom- automotive. I'm heading the automotive uh, business unit. Our core competency is a fi. It's a di- digital Phi uh, delivering to our customer, as I said, high, spe- high speed, high bandwidth, uh, connectivity, uh, which is very essential for uh, automobiles today. Uh, one of the key advantages of us being uh, digital. Our, our core technology is based on a digital DSP, which is giving uh, our customer very high noise immunity and uh, scalability for growth in the future. So that I would say in a nutshell uh, uh, is, less. We have, we have field offices around the world, in Japan, in Korea, in China, in Europe, in the US, around all the major uh, automotive hubs. And uh, we have a very good momentum with our new uh, chipset uh, family, uh, which is compatible with the MIPI 85 standard.
0: As data and, uh, and communication networks and and, uh, and the data transfer between all the different modules, independent if it's domain controllers or a distributed network, we have more and more technology, more and more controllers, more and more features in a vehicle. So obviously a a, a very important thing that that you guys are doing. Where where do you see, or where have you seen over the last two to three years that the biggest growth for you is? Is it ADAS? Is it in the field of infotainment? Is it electrification that uh, maybe some don't realize requires a lot of communication between different components as well? Is it generally the vehicle Explain a little bit where where have you seen the growth and where do you see it uh, happening in the next three to five years?
1: Well, I, I think all of what you've mentioned right is is uh, areas where there is tremendous changes and growth at the automotive industry. If if we take a step back and we just think about the passenger vehicle as a whole, I think for many years the automotive industry and the and the passenger vehicle was a, a masterpiece of engineer of uh, mechanical engineering, right? For many decades, automo- automobile were masterpiece of mechanical engineering. And what we recently see happening, right, is a huge transformation that this masterpiece of mechanical engineering is actually transforming to a masterpiece of computer engineering, a masterpiece of computer engineering and artificial intelligence and robotics. It's, it's an amazing change. It's opening huge opportunities for growth uh, in many areas the place where we are focusing on as i said is on connectivity connecting all those new uh, devices uh, in the in this new uh, in this new vehicle in, in this new software defined vehicle of the future specifically we are focusing on sensor to compute uh, connectivity as part of the road to the automo- to the automobile becoming an autonomous uh, vehicle right Many, many sensors are deployed outside and inside uh, the the vehicle. You have a, a combination of uh, cameras, radar, LIDARs, monitoring the environment, uh, processing the data which is coming from the outside uh, to enable ADA system supporting driver decision and in the future also full autonomous driving. But it's not only external, it's also internal. Uh, following some regulation, uh, but also requirement of customers, you have both driver monitoring system, also passenger monitoring system, uh, new man-machine interfaces to activate the car, which is based on visual sensing of of the of the movement of the passengers. So there's a lot, a lot of sensing which is done inside the car and outside the car. And we are focusing on the connectivity, the connectivity from those
0: sensors to the central computes uh, of the vehicle. Right. Very, very critical for sure. I mean, I've been involved myself in, in, in many of those areas that you mentioned, from the sensors to the compute platform for many years. And I've seen the, you know, the, the amount of data that we're collecting is going up and up and up. And you mentioned AI, right? So we're essentially creating our own, so to speak data lake in a in a central compute platform that then can be used for a variety of different functions obviously um gideon explain maybe a little bit what have you seen as it relates to the the number of 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 data or the, the amount of data that's being uh distributed along the vehicle or communicated along the vehicle in the, in the past we talked about kilobyte then we talked about megabytes and we talked about gigabytes I think now we're probably talking about terabytes. Can you, can you explain a little bit to that, uh, how you have seen that progressing? Yeah, and, and I, think, I think you have to
1: look at that from several dimensions. One is the total amount of data, which is really becoming enormous because the vehicle today is not just sensing the environment and doing the, the relative processing and also sensing the near environment and the far environment and also the inside of the car. Uh, there is also a lot of data which is being collected and monitored by the vehicle, right? Uh, if you talk to if you talk to OEMs who are developing the software-defined vehicle uh, of the future, uh, and if you uh, see and monitor what they do, they actually talk about also about the concept of a digital twin. So every vehicle which is actually moving on the ground, we have in the cloud an image right monitoring uh, the behavior of the vehicle monitoring the environment and then implementing via over the air updates improvement to the behavior of those of the, of this vehicle we don't see that on the road today but this is coming but you know this is just another example of a huge amount of data that need to be uh, transferred if talking about where our company is focusing again i said we are focusing on the sensing uh, and and the the amount of data from our perspective is less relevant. What is important is the bandwidth which is required, which of course is related to the amount of data. But as you increase the number of sensors and as you increase the bandwidth, right, of of those sensors, the connectivity becoming more and more challenging. So you see the transition from Uh, uh, two uh, two to three uh, megapixel cameras to to five and eight and, and 12 and 16, right? So you see the growth in this. You see the growth in the number of sensors. So we are talking to OEMs today about use cases, about architectures, which are involving 16, sometimes 24 cameras per vehicle. And on top of that, radars and lidars. So the overall bandwidth. Uh, that you need to to transmit uh, on the on the uh, uh, wires uh, is growing exponentially. Today, cars who are on the road maybe need one to two uh, uh, gigabyte per second. We are talking now about about uh, four, eight, sixteen, and even thirty two. So our car technology is supporting eight gigabyte. We're talking about sixteen uh, gigabit in the next generation. Uh, this bandwidth is uh, is coming with, uh, I would say, a lot of challenges and also limitation to how you can operate in the environment of the vehicle. So that that I think there is a challenge with the amount of the data, but there is also a challenge with the bandwidth which is
0: required to to transfer this data over the cables. Sure, that's no, very very good distinction. I, I appreciate that absolutely. So. You're saying you're looking already at 16 gigabyte, right, bandwidth. So where are we going to be in five years? Is, is, is there ever a point where we say we don't need more? or is it, Are you going to say, are you foreseeing right now that as we continue to reimagine mobility and bring new technologies and features into the vehicle and make the, the truly software-defined vehicle a reality, is is it ever going to end on how much bandwidth increases we need or are we going to change an architecture that we maybe do much more again go instead of to central computing maybe change it again and go to more compute ed- at edge computing again to, to be able to limit that constant increase in in bandwidth needs well, what do you guys see there
1: when, when we talk to customers they are all talking about central compute right i think Edge compute is something which is more expensive, not efficient, and also is causing a problem for, uh, uh, I would say, creating a reliable autonomous vehicle. You need to bring all the data into a single point and aggregate what you see around uh, the car right, to make decisions. If you are uh, relying on edge compute uh, eventually you are creating more latency and you are also limiting the ability of the central compute to make uh, to make the right decision. But there, there are also people who are looking into intermediate solution because, you know, central compute have its own limitation. And I think we will end up uh, with a hybrid model where the critical ADAS-related uh, data will all come to the uh, central compute. The less critical data, the less critical data will be processed probably in, in a zonal controller, right, uh, uh, and then fed into the central. But uh, definitely uh, critical data moving to the central compute is something that uh, we hear from all customers. Some of them would say, uh, you know, they, they believe in total central compute. Everything is going to central compute. And, uh, of course, they will do it with redundancy. So you cannot rely just on a single uh, element, they will do it with redundancy. Uh, but some of them are saying that they will do a hybrid, right, of a central and a, and a, a zonal uh, controller computer. But I think from, from, you were asking about about bandwidth, I think the, the increase in bandwidth for a single sensor uh, is less dramatic and fast than the, the increase in bandwidth, which is uh, impacted by the number of sensors, right? Because uh, when you are, I, I would say for, for the sensors today and, and, and tomorrow, uh, four gigabit per second, eight gigabit per second, even you know 12 might be sufficient for a single uh, sensor. But then when you have multiple sensors and you want to aggregate them and you want to do it in an efficient way, you want to combine a few sensors into a single line this is where the challenge uh, is growing, But I think if you look into the, the next decade, probably 16 gigabit per second or maybe 32 gigabit per second, I don't think there will be a requirements for higher bandwidth than this. When you are
0: talking about, right, sensor to compute connectivity, to maybe shifting a little bit for a second and... Over the years, I've been involved in in electrical architecture development programs, in in in, in communication development programs from the software stack to the to the uh, to the integration to to gateways, both to the cloud and internally to the vehicle cybersecurity. And the discussion always came back and forth again. What are we going to use? What, what's the what's the next version? Are we going to remain with CAN? Right? Are we going to go CAN FD? Are we going to go to flex ray is it going to be automotive ethernet and over the last 10 years it was over and over again quite a bit of a of a discussion about it yet generally speaking i personally have seen only a few relative to the entire industry move away from can and go to either FlexRay or automotive ethernet you that work specifically in that space and work with all different uh, types of oems what do you see as it relates to that? What is what is the the the, the future choice of the can communicate? Other uh, yeah, the the communication protocol or or physical layer protocol that's going to be used.
1: So so I think that we will see in the vehicle moving forward uh, an environment with multiple protocols, right? Because you need to design the car in an optimal way, right? So so you will see can for certain. Uh, for certain things uh, you will see automotive ethernet for certain things and you will see uh, technologies like PA5, like Valence MiPi AFI uh, for the high speed high bandwidth what we call asymmetric link between sensor and and uh, uh, central compute. The growing need for this sensor connectivity was actually the main motivation behind uh, the definition of the P A5. Standard, because the protocol that you have mentioned, right, they do not answer the requirement of those type of links in an optimal way uh, you know one one of the one of the aspects that uh, I think people are not still fully internalizing and understanding is the I would say the tremendous growth or the exponential growth in in uh, noise immunity challenges and EMC and EMI uh, challenges, right? Because today, again, today most of the vehicles are still using relatively low bandwidth, uh, 1 to 2 gigabit per second. If you are looking into the cars that should leave the production line in 25, 26 with multiple sensors with 4 gigabit per second, 8 gigabit per second uh, bandwidth links, then the sensitivity to noise, the sensitivity to to EMI and EMC interface is uh, becoming uh, uh, very very critical. Uh, we have designed our devices, right, and 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 the mepa five specification are addressing the next the the next ge- uh, generation challenges of EMC and EMI. One of the things that we have implemented very successfully is a connectivity based on a digital PHY. A digital PHY with a DSP core inside is enabling you to implement mechanisms like noise cancellation, like retransmit uh, at the PHY level, right? And and those are actually enabling, overcoming very severe uh, uh, EMC environment. Because, you know, today in the vehicle, uh, with the growth... Uh, with the tremendous growth of of electronic components and the bandwidth and and the speed, the noise which has been created inside the car is much more significant than in the past. The car is also, the vehicle is also exposed to strong noise coming from the the outside, cellular antennas, radar outside, right? Other cars uh, uh, near, so it's, uh, the environment is becoming much more um, uh, challenging. And I think one of, the, one of the things that, that uh, we are also asking customers to consider is the way they test for EMC immunity. Many of the tests and the standards today are very appropriate for the past, but not for the future, right? Uh, uh, the tests that are done today are done for cables which are relatively short, two, mate, two meters of a cable, for cables which are uh, not taking into account the impact of aging so if you test today if you want to put uh, a element into a vehicle today and you test it with a cable in the length of two meter and you are use you're using a new cable right and then you put it in the car and actually the cable which is connected to the system is 10 or 15 meter uh, at length and with time the cable is aging you add up with a problem. Uh, you may have problem in the field uh, two, three years after the vehicle have left the, the production line. I think that we are uh, building our technology and we are testing our technology for much longer uh, cable situation than the standard. We are also uh, building it and testing it to be able to overcome the challenge of the cable aging issue Right. And when we compare it to competitive technology, we see we see huge differences. And I think we are in the process of educating the market. Hey, it's great that everybody are moving up the scale. You put many sensors. You take higher bandwidth. Everything is going, going faster. But what about your noise immunity? What about the EMC sensitivity? Are you sure you have checked it? And don't check it for the situation which is now in the lab. Check it for the environment that the car we need to face two or three years after it left the, the production line. It's, it's, a, it's a process we are going through and the, I, think, I think that we see the future in a very clear way
0: and we are trying to share that with our customers. That's very good. No, I completely agree with you. I think EMC, EMI in the, in the 25 years I've been in the industry has, has consistently increased in importance. And increasingly also increased in, in the challenge that it poses to to, to the OEM and the, and the end product, right? to really have a product that is uh, protected against it at least or limited its impact of it to, to the to the product because of all the different components and different features and functions uh, we've brought into the vehicles that are absolutely right. So maybe with with that question, we've talked now, I think, maybe mainly passenger vehicles, And you talked about cable lengths of 15 meters or longer. So I'm thinking now autonomous trucks that are at least in in the U.S, as well as to some degree in Europe as well, really looked at maybe the, the, the lead, right? the, the, the trailblazer, so to speak, as it relates to level four or level five autonomy for for good deliveries. So specifically to you. I assume you guys are working with heavy duty truck manufacturers as well. Look at look at again the the, the bandwidth challenges we have there. where we maybe even need more sensors to have a level four, level five heavy duty truck to drive, to deliver goods. So how long do you think with with your technology can these wires be? Because we may need sensors that are in the back of the trailer that is way more than fifteen meters. So what what do you guys see there or how are some of those Challenges overcoming in that space.
1: Yeah, so so I think uh, what you're raising is a very good and and uh, valid point, and we do have some interesting activities uh, uh, in this uh, area. Uh, I, I must say, you know, you started the discussion asking me about the the growth potential, etc. You know, the the passenger vehicle is a much larger uh, market. The growth potential there is huge, and I think also. The focus and the interest of of the, I would say, uh, the industry is much more on the passenger vehicle than on, on the heavy trucks, etc. But there's definitely a very growing and demanding market uh, uh, for what we call the commercial vehicle. And uh, there are many challenges in this uh, commercial vehicle. You mentioned a few of them. Uh, you know, it's not just for the autonomous car, also for the for the autonomous trucks also if you look today into uh, regular trucks right uh, 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 it's usually a combination of a truck and trailer and uh, in the different fleets they want to uh, disconnect and mix and match uh, a trailer and truck they take a trailer to a certain location then they disconnect and and uh, connect to another one and uh, all of those uh, trucks today or most of them don't have rear view cameras because of the combination of the, of the challenge of the length, but also the need to be able to disconnect and connect in a, in a fluid way. Um, we are working with, the, with a partner in the US a company by name of StoneRidge. And we're actually rolling out to the market, a solution for this uh, challenge. This is something that is unique to us as StoneRidge, only with our technology, you can actually overcome uh, those two challenges, but also looking into the future. Uh, uh, what you have mentioned, we are uh, already qualifying uh, our new product of family that we have first rolled out into the passenger vehicle uh, market. Uh, We're already qualifying it for lengths of 40 meters and even uh, a bit above, right? To address exactly what you've said, right? Because in those commercial vehicle uh, uh, market, uh, you must have a solution uh, that can sustain the signals, uh, overcome the interference over a much longer distance, right? So uh, we are already quantifying this. We are working with uh, with a few leading uh, uh, truck vendors, uh, but I think in this market, things are moving a little bit slower, right? And the market in general is, is, is a bit slower. So definitely we have focus on that. We have some things happening there, but
0: our main focus is on the passenger vehicle market. Okay. Oh, very good, very good. So maybe the last question then, I'm uh, not going to ask you when you believe the true mass deployment of level five vehicles uh, for autonomous driving will happen, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. You talked a lot about central compute platform, and I know a lot of OEMs or most OEMs are, are looking into that, maybe even working on it. When do we start seeing mass deployment of vehicles that are truly having a central compute platform? Uh 2728,
1: right? right? SOP twenty-seven twenty-eight is where you will see this thing happening in a larger scale. And uh, you'll see some of it already happening in twenty five-26, but I think twenty seven-twenty eight is more the must And you know, when you go around the world, right, in different territories, things happen in a different pace. If you go to China and I've been to China a couple of months ago, uh it's amazing, right? The the path and how quickly they do things, not not always successfully, right? But they they move really fast uh, because they are trying to to get ahead of the pack, right? Uh, if you talk if you talk to the traditional OEMs like the Japanese or the European traditional OEMs, they move a bit slower. Does't mean that the Chinese will uh, actually beat that, right? They may end up being first uh, because of their capability and I, and I would say in and heritage and also experience. But, but this is why I say it's not that all OEMs will be there at the same time. Some, you know, some OEMs are already doing that today, right? and, and rolling up car with central commute. But I think you will see this coming in a very significant way from an industry perspective. Twenty-seven,
0: twenty-eight. Okay, very interesting. Thank you very much, Gideon. Very, very interesting topic, and very relevant to where we're going with uh, with advanced levels of ADAS, or again, level four, level five autonomy going forward. And uh, again, communication and data more and more important than it ever was in a in a vehicle today. So, thank you very much for your insight and helping us reimagine mobility together here. Thank you. Thank you for watching this clip of Reimagine Mobility podcast. To see the entire episode and more, check out the links in the description.